LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer, where you get honest questions and quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this week on the podcast, J.D., listeners want to know, who are your biggest preaching influences? Well, yeah, I actually get this question a lot um, because, you know, when you first start out in ministry, you end up, you kind of end up being a clone, and you end up sounding just like two or three people that you you grew up around. That was certainly me. I had two or three preaching heroes that I just imitated. Uh, and then you start to try to diversify a little bit, but then you end up sounding confused. Like for a time in my life, um, I was listening to uh, Tim Keller and Mark Driscoll and Rob Bell. Uh, I know that wow. sounds like three wildly different people today, but at the very beginning when they first were coming out, they were all kind of in the evangelical camp. But you, you had Tim Keller, the sort of the reflective professorial. Then you had Mark Driscoll who would just – say these sometimes like outlandish, rude things. And then you had Rob Bell, who was more of the, you know, have you ever thought about it this way and approaching it from the, and I just remember, I go back and listen to some of those sermons. There's a reason we don't put them on the internet anymore, Todd, because they're like whiplash. I mean, you know, I'll be like going full Driscoll in one moment and then I'll stop and do Keller and then I get mystical like Rob Bell. So, you know, um, I, I think the way I've heard it said is if you if you listen to one person, you're a clone. Listen to two people, you sound confused. Listen to 10, you start to sound wise and you find your own voice. And I will say that for those people who are in ministry or in uh, kind of public speaking, it took me about, I'd say about a decade and a half, maybe 15 years of preaching before I really felt like I hmm. found what I would call my voice. It's still tweaking, and but you know, figuring out how I can use a manuscript yep. and what kinds of examples work for me and how academic to take it, how apologetic. So I would just say keep trying and keep working. It's that well, who, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. When you put 10,000 hours into something, you become good at it. That's about what it's taken me to, to preach. Hmm. Of course, you might say it sounds like I put it about 10,000 hours into every sermon, you know, like just because of how long they are. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you only have about 9,943 more episodes before you and I start getting (laughs) Before we feel like this is any good. Now, you mentioned three guys. Uh, Okay. I have a feeling that, though, at least one of those three, you're still kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other two guys. Again, don't think those guys all today. Think them back in the, you know, early 2000s or something like that. Um, You know, a couple of the the key texts that I read when I was in seminary that really shaped preaching. One was um, Haddon Robinson's Biblical Preaching. The other is Brian Chapel's Christ-centered preaching. I love both of them. I feel like I'm a product of yep. both of them. I do feel like um, uh, Chapel's ends up being a little too formulaic for me because he gives a particular way you ought to approach every text. And I really feel like you ought to let the text sort of drive um, how you present it. There are times that I'll walk through a text and point out things as I go. There are times I'll you know kind of work through the text and then give a sort of a tight outline. There are times I'd start with the outline and show you know how the text right. is forces. Sometimes it's just more narrative. And so I like that kind of free. Them. Um, but I love the principles that are there because they talk about um, everything from how to you know interpret scripture correctly, letting the text drive the subject to you know how to make sure the gospel is central. Um, without any question, Todd, without any question, probably the biggest shaping influence is Tim Keller. Um, he's not even a Baptist, he's a Presbyterian, but he is his approach to various texts and and taking it back to the gospel to show that it's not just that you know God's telling you to do better or do more. He's not telling you to dare to be a Daniel or to be bold like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's 
what he's telling you is 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 that is that you need to hope in a savior that the whole all the scriptures were there not to give you um, not to give you examples to emulate they were given uh, to give you a savior to adore um, and so it's been just profound in fact I, I kind of joke now that I pre plagiarized Tim Keller uh, meaning that sometimes before I've even heard him teach through a text I end up coming up with an outline that's like what he ends up doing and when I hear him I'm like oh that's exactly what he did, but it's not even, right. and, and so it's like, I've listened to him so much that I've become such a, his, his thinking has infiltrated mine that I, I pre-plagiarize it. I told him that one time and he sort of laughed and he said, he said, yeah, he said, um, uh, Edmund Clowney was that for me. He said, I listened to so many Edmund Clowney sermons that I just end up writing the way that he, he would write things. So Tim Keller is, is humongous. I almost look at my sermons as kind of a BC and AD and Tim Keller's preaching being right that vortex mm-hmm. of that. Um, cause it was rare there. I really kind of, I realized that I've been preaching, even though I believe the gospel, I've been preaching with all this, you should do better and you should change. Mm. You should become a better person. Uh, I was preaching the law, even in the you know context of, of trying to preach the gospel. Um, a couple other guys, uh, John MacArthur and Tommy Nelson were both really yep. influential. And what I most loved about them was just the way they, I mean, they just worked their way through a text. So this word means this, and this phrase means this, and here's what it means to you. Uh, you know, one of my favorite um, definitions of preaching comes from the book of Nehemiah, where it says that these priests in, in Israel read the word of God and told people how to understand it better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I, you know, I love to do that. And so I always try to make sure in every sermon I'm preparing, I'm, I'm accessing um, some teachers and leaders like that. Um, you know, there's a, a couple guys that uh, have a, another angle on it. David Jeremiah, um, Tony Evans are like this. Um, they're guys who you can tell when they're preaching, they're preaching as leaders. They're not just trying to exegete texts. They're trying to disciple people. Mm. I mean, my, the core of every Christian's calling is to make disciples. And so if you're a preacher, um, you're not, you know, your job is not to get up there and exegete texts as much as it is to disciple your congregation. Yep. And the scriptures are the means by which you disciple the congregation. And I know that sounds like a subtle, almost like a distinction without a difference. But for me, it was really helpful because it, it, it changed sort of the the... Um, where where I'm angling the the sermons to go and how I'm starting, I'm realizing the point. If I'm discipling you and we're working through the Book of Romans, it just changes my focus from from you know I've just got to make sure I uncover every word to oh, how does Todd's life need to change as a result of this. And so it, you just the way that they the, the way David Jeremiah described it is he's like I want to be an evangelistic expositor. Hmm. Um, I want to work through the scriptures, but with the aim of winning people to Jesus and growing them up into maturity and yeah. sending them out. And that's what we do here at the summons. We reach, we disciple, and we send. So those guys have been really huge. Um, as far as just pure communication, I often tell guys I'm training, I, I don't know of a, a finer communicator in America, I would say secular or Christian, than Andy Stanley. Um, uh, now, there, there, there are a number of things that Andy and I approach differently in theology. Um, in fact, he and I have had some robust conversations over email about some things that he has said and taught, but um, even so, you know, the way that he is able to, um, and I listen to an introduction. I'm a PhD in theology, Todd. I've preached thousands of sermons. I listen to any of his introductions, and I I, I find myself leaning closer to the radio, like, I got to hear this. This is going to change my life, because he's just, the way he sets it up, and then the way he applies it, it's like he really understands how lost people think, um, how how ordinary people think, and I'm like, man, that's exactly what the way that truth penetrates that. He, he he says he follows an outline for every sermon he preaches, and I've thought it. I've always thought it was really really helpful. Um, he says my outline is me, we, God, you, we. Me means I start with something that I'm dealing with, and 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 I, I'm very personal with it, and I relate it. We means 
I kind of get your head nodding, showing how, how you relate to this question. As the congregation. Yeah, that's right, the we. And so his goal, he says, is to see people kind of out there nodding their heads, whether they're believers or unbelievers. Like, I've had that question or I've had that struggle. Um, the third part of the outline is, is God. What does God have to say about this? What do the scriptures say? Then the first, you know, he comes out of that and he applies it to you. Um, how, how is your life supposed to change? What does it mean to you? And then the end is a we again because he's trying to show what an incredible world this would all be if we all lived according to the things that God taught. And I thought that was helpful. Uh, last one I'll mention is Rick Warren. Uh, Rick Warren is kind of a, man, he sort of puts a lot of these things together. And I've just, um, man, just the way that he, he, he is a disciple maker also, the way he writes application points. I mean, from him, I, I got this idea that whenever you write an application point, don't put it in terms of the Bible character, put it in terms of the of the person that you're talking to, right? Huh. So, so instead of saying David, uh, um, David needed to avoid temptation, uh, you know, you, you would turn that around and say, you should avoid temptation by staying off the balconies of hmm. your life so that you don't encounter Bathsheba. But all that to say is these guys have been really helpful, preaching as a disciple maker, letting the scriptures drive it, um, taking it back to the gospel, and trying to make disciples while you do it. That's been the, the biggest shaping influence. Being so. an evangelistic expositor. Yeah, that's that, right. That's, that's right. great influence. That is Pastor J.D. and who have been the biggest influences in his preaching life. Uh, here on the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. I want to tell you there are a lot of other great podcasts as part of our network, especially New Churches Q&A Podcast with Daniel M., Ed Stetzer, and Todd Adkins. Uh, They're part of our network, and they've recently covered topics like discerning the next step in your 30s and 40s or when small churches partner together, reproducing churches. Just look them up, type in New Churches on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. I'm Todd Unzicker, and this is Ask Me Anything, and we'll look forward to you joining us next time on the podcast.